Hi everybody, this is Hub, and welcome back to another episode of Tighten Up the Defense. So, I gotta be honest, I'm not feeling terribly glib or amusing right now. Last night was election night, and America, you done fucked up real bad. A very scary time right now, and... Frankly, I can think of few things that seem less important than recording the intro to a podcast about comic books right now. But it's what I do, so I'm doing it. But I just want to say, if you are feeling scared and marginalized, uh, you are not alone. And I'm sorry. And we're going to be okay and you are loved um just so you know if, if you are a patreon donator to this site thank you very much and for this month and the next any donations that i receive are going to be going to the aclu planned parenthood the southern poverty law center and trevor's project um i i hope you're okay with that and if you're not too bad. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, we've got a lot of new listeners this week, so this is a weird one to start with, I guess. We got a really nice plug from Jay and Miles over at Jay and Miles Explain the X-Men, and it is a wonderful podcast, and if you don't listen to it already, which, come on, you do, you really should, because it is... It, informative and entertaining and i will give them a, a proper thank you and you a proper welcome to the new show next week but in the meantime let, let's get on with the show there is value in distraction fortunately uh i wrote the synopsis a couple of days ago and we recorded the me and cory section a few days ago so uh yeah let's get on with that today's synopsis rhyme was submitted by zane kipfmiller Thank God, Zane, I was totally fresh out. If you try to eat a burger with a pair of hot chopsticks, you'll probably burn yourself before you eat a synopsis. I like that. Thank you, Zane. Teen Titans number 2, December 1980. Written by Marv Wolfman, drotted by George Perez, with inks by Romeo Tangal. Today, the Terminator. New Teen Titan roll call. Robin, Kid Flash, Wonder Girl, Beast Boy, who I still refuse to call Changeling. Raven, Cyborg, Starfire. Previously in New Teen Titans, a mysterious and enigmatic lady named Raven who dresses like a sexy druid slash giant bird decides to assemble a New Teen Titans team to combat some unnamed danger. She reunites original Teen Titans, Robin, Wonder Girl, and Kid Flash, signs on longtime friend of the Titans, well, okay, acquaintance of the Titans, Beast Boy, who now calls himself Changeling, presumably to emphasize the fact that he might be a baby goblin. She then stares lustily at and recruits a young athlete slash cyborg named Cyborg. The newly assembled Sextet rescues their seventh and final member from a bunch of gassy little Godzilla monsters. Their new teammate turns out to be a pretty orange alien princess whose hair is made out of space flames named Starfire. Way to go, team! They fuck up those flatulent lizard men real good, but in the process wreck the apartment of a local shitheel named Grant Wilson, who is pals with some off-screen baddies named The Hive. Gadzooks! Have we seen the last of that entitled piece of shit, Grant Wilson? What threat did Raven recruit these young heroes to thwart? Is it mysterious and enigmatic? Is Beast Boy actually a baby goblin? Stay tuned to find out. Okay, so, nope, dunno. Is there any other kind? And, uh, probably? 
The aforementioned hive turns out to be seven Machiavellian assholes in purple robes who live in a super sciency looking beehive in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. The robed reprobates have a meeting with the greatest assassin in the world, the dramatically named Deathstroke the Terminator. Wow. Okay, normally I'd be a little peeved that the guy's hogging all the badass code names, but fuck it, this guy deserves them. A few notes about Deathstroke the Terminator. He is rad. He's got a dope blue and orange chainmail outfit, the most swashbuckling boot cuffs I've ever seen, and appears to be carrying one of pretty much every weapon. In the first panel he appears on, he has on display a pistol, a broadsword, a dagger, a bow staff, grenades, a bandolier of bullets, and an array of pouches that would make a 90s member of X-Force proud. Complimentary colors and a personal armory can be a tough look to pull off, but dude manages it with aplomb. Plus, he is rocking the title Terminator a full four years before Schwarzenegger. Nice. Hive wants to hire Deathstroke to kill the new Teen Titans, for some reason. He sasses the shit out of Hive and calls them a bunch of bozos. Ouch. He tells him he'll do the job, but he needs to cash up front. Well, that turns out to be a bit of a sticking point for the Hive, as they prefer to do things on a COD basis. So, they activate a bunch of traps and try to kill him. Classic negotiation tactic. Deathstroke makes the counteroffer of, Fuck you guys, I'm busting up your stupid beehive-themed headquarters. At this point, negotiations break down and they part ways. Meanwhile, in a Manhattan apartment, obnoxious shitheel Grant Wilson is pleading with his ex-girlfriend Carol for a reconciliation. Unfortunately, his entreaty consists of a combination of whining and yelling, and Carol is not super receptive to that. A frustrated Grant refuses to take go-away-you-shitheel for an answer and starts getting grabby. Suddenly, a bolt of energy zaps the shit out of Grant, knocking him across the room. Hooray! Turns out Wonder Girl and Starfire were helping their new pal Carol move, and they are not a big fan of abusive assholes. Donna decides to play a good cop to Starfire's bad cop, and a battered Grant storms out of the apartment, insisting that Carol will get back together with him, and swearing vengeance on the Titans. Huh. What's he gonna do? Fall down at them again? Actually. Sorry, getting ahead of myself. Kid Flash runs in and tells Donna and Coriander that there is a Titans emergency and they're needed down on the docks. They scurry off to reconvene with the rest of their teammates. They arrive at the wharf without a moment to spare. Robin, Beast Boy, and Cyborg have been on a stakeout and have spotted something very suspicious. Some dudes have been loading crates onto trucks. What? Have they no decency? Fortunately, the Titans are on the scene. Nobody stevedores on their watch. Robin gives a battle cry and the teens leap into action, punching and kicking the shit out of those box-loading scum. Hooray! Much to everyone's surprise, the stevedores turn out to be robots. Huh, I guess it's for the best that those guys are automatons, because Starfire goes on a kill-crazy rampage and starts blowing them to smithereens with her fist lasers. Her buddies try to tell her to knock it off, because Robin wants to keep some robo-parts for clues, but that's a non-starter, because she doesn't speak any English and they don't speak squiggly alien hieroglyphics. They finally manage to detain her. Robin stares at her and wishes they could communicate with her. Then, out of nowhere, she grabs his face and smooches the shit out of him. Okay. Then she tells him in perfect English that she thinks he's cute. What? She explains that she absorbed his language through physical contact. The boy wonder asks if the contact had to be smooching, and she's like, nope, just more fun that way. Okay, I like Starfire. She seems pretty rad. But what is it about orange people not wanting to ask for consent? That was funnier a few days ago. Cyborg manages to find one more or less intact robocorpse that Starfire didn't manage to obliterate, and grudgingly agrees to take it to his estranged scientist dad at Star Labs to see if it holds any clues. 
Deathstroke's been watching the Titans fight and phones his butler to tell him that A, the Titans are good at fighting, 2, Hive seems shitty, and C, he's probably going to be late for dinner. Also, apparently Hive is an acronym for Hierarchy of International Vengeance and Eliminations. What a garbage pile of an acronym. Hey Hive, if you want to call your group Hive, just call it that. Not everything needs to be an acronym. Speaking of those stupid acronym-having supervillains, back at their stupid bee-themed island headquarters, Hive is hanging out with their buddy, abusive shitheel Grant Wilson. The shitheel in question is about to undergo a surgery that will make him an even better assassin than Deathstroke. You know that bullshit urban legend that people only use 10% of their brain? Well, Deathstroke can use 90% of his brain. That's what makes him so awesome at everything. But... After this operation, abusive shitheel Grant Wilson will be able to use 100% of his brain. Wow. I bet he'll also be able to eat Pop Rocks and drink a Coke without exploding. Wow. Meanwhile, Raven is hanging out on a creepy rock formation, begging a giant disembodied pair of eyeballs to forgive her for something. The eyeballs are like, nope, and they bop her off the rock formation. She teleports herself into Wally's bedroom and is all, Hey, I just wanted to hang out and talk to you, but no, I shouldn't say anything and also I should go and then she teleports away. Wally is understandably confused. Welcome to teenage relationships, buddy. The next day, Cyborg is visiting his dad at Star Labs and asks him if he can find any clues from that one Robocorpse he found. His dad says he's sorry, but the Robocorpse is too beat up to tell him anything. Cyborg gets mad and yells at his dad and calls him a jerk. His dad gets real sad and thinks that he's dying and he should probably tell his son that. Maybe later. Suddenly, Abusive shitheel Grant Wilson busts through the wall like somebody said, hey, Kool-Aid, and starts attacking Cyborg and calling himself the Ravager. Grant's dressed in what looks like an unlicensed Halloween costume version of Deathstroke's outfit, but with thigh-high boots with skulls on the cuff. He looks pretty stupid, but to be fair, he is pretty stupid. He slaps Cyborg around for a minute, then Cyborg starts kicking his ass. Things are looking pretty rough for the abusive shitheel when the actual Deathstroke shows up, knocks Vic out for a second, grabs Grant, throws him over his shoulder, and skedaddles. The other Titans are hanging around by the pool at Beast Boy's enormous mansion in the Hamptons. They're having a pretty good time, chilling out, debating the efficacy of having a secret identity, when Cyborg storms in, calls them bozos, yeah, and tells them about his recent attack. Across town, Deathstroke is helping Ravager recover from his injuries. He explains to him that Well Hive may have allowed him to maximize his potential, if he overexerts himself, he'll burn himself out and die. Shitty. Grant's like, whatever, you're just jealous. I'm the greatest. I'm going to go kill the Titans. Man, I guess 100% of a stupid brain is just 100% stupid. Grant runs and jumps his way to Beast Boy's mansion in the Hamptons. Okay, he may be an abusive shitheel, but that is an impressive amount of running and jumping. Well done. The Titans meet him out on the lawn and tell him to go away in a super dismissive way. Then Deathstroke shows up to back Grant up, and everybody fights. Grant and Deathstroke do pretty well for themselves, but then Starfire goes all berserker again and starts blasting her fist lasers indiscriminately. Grant is able to dodge them, but all that dodging seems to have burnt out his mega reflexes because he starts looking like he's been sneaking peeks at the Ark of the Covenant. It's not a great look. He collapses and everyone takes time out from the Donnybrook to let Deathstroke take care of his buddy. Raven pops up and says that Grant is dying and that Deathstroke should probably just take him out of there. Grant starts feebly mumbling, asking if they won, if they killed the Titans. Raven touches the kid's mummy-looking head and uses her powers to give him a soothing vision to calm him. A lawn strewn with the bodies of dead teen Titans. With that happy image fresh in his mind, a content Grant Wilson shuffles off this mortal coil and dies. Hooray! 
Sorry, but the guy's happy place is littered with teenage corpses. Fuck that guy. I'm glad he's dead. Deathstroke feels otherwise. The next day at Grant's funeral, Deathstroke swears vengeance and vows to fulfill Grant's contract and kill the Titans in his memory. Oh, and also Grant was his son, I guess. Terrible acronym havers The Hive have been watching these events develop from afar and are quite pleased with themselves. Turns out, they set up this whole scenario as kind of a Greek tragedy Rube Goldberg device just so that they could save a few bucks on Deathstroke's fee. Man, those guys suck. I hope somebody builds a giant robotic bear to rip open their techno beehive island and, I don't know, steal their cyber honey? Sorry, that one got away from me a little bit. Still. Hmm. Cyber honey. And joining us once again is my good-for-many-things brother, Corey. Corey, how's it going? It's going good. How are you? I'm doing well. Excellent. I've been enjoying my podcast, Joes. Me too. It's nice. So smooth. Mm. So, what'd you think? There was a lot of action in this comic book. Mm -hmm. It was fun. Mm -hmm. I'm glad that I read it. Me too. It's, I'm really enjoying the new Teen Titans series. It is also, I, I feel like we've have brought this up before but it is just gorgeously drawn indeed really really fun and i really like some of the character development that's happening and the fact that the little bits of action lead to reinforce who the characters are mm -hmm. which I, I think is fun mm -hmm. we can get into that in a little bit but also man grant wilson's a piece of shit jerk well i mean I feel like that's somewhat mitigated now that he's a dead piece of shit, but still. Mm -hmm. You know what? Fuck that guy. Does he not know that Deathstroke is his, his dad? He doesn't seem to. Sure seems like he doesn't. He seems really dumb. Mm. Like, I mean, I think that's part of it. Like, he's having this, con like, he has multiple conversations with Deathstroke. He, and it's not like his dad abandoned him when he was a kid. I don't think. Like, maybe we find out something later. Maybe somebody else who he thinks of as his dad was telling him that Deathstroke was the greatest. Like, mm. maybe... Somebody that knew it was his dad? Yeah. Mm. Or yeah, maybe, maybe not even. It seems like his dad, his dad, who is Deathstroke the Terminator, spent a lot of time saying, Deathstroke the Terminator is the greatest. Mm -hmm. There's this assassin out there, and he's the best. Let me tell you about how great he is. And, I mean, that kind of speaks to Grant's character, too, because, like, if your role models that you look up to are, like, the best at killing people for money... Yeah. That's not great. Yeah. No. Yeah. Grant is a dumb piece of crap. On the other hand... Rest in peace. Deathstroke, who does kill people for money, is kind of rad. Kind of a class act. I like this guy. I like, like his butler, Wintergreens. I like him, too. It's <laughs> definitely setting up Deathstroke as being kind of the anti-Bruce Wayne... Like, he's definitely got that Batman vibe to him, except for, you know, I guess maybe if Bruce May if Bruce Wayne had not had his parents killed when he was a kid, mm -hmm. he might have just turned into, like, a thrill-seeking murderer for hire. Mm, maybe so. Could, could be. But yeah, Deathstroke is fun. Cool colors. Yeah. I also am considering introducing a new event. You, you know how we used the air horn to signal when there were picket signs? I'm considering doing a bozo count because when somebody <laughs> says the word bozo, yeah. yeah. So the bozo count for this issue is two, and mm. it's two different people. Deathstroke calls Hive bozos, yep, and then also Cyborg calls the other new Teen Titans bozos. Mm -hmm. 
it is just delightful to me whenever I hear a character. They all talk like they are very old men. Mm. There's, like, I think one of them says good heavens at one point. Uh, <laughs> They're talking about how much they love soup. <laughs> Wait, do they? No. Oh. <laughs> I love soup also. I mean, that's... Not... I'm not a big soup fan. Yeah. I'm fine with it. Well, but I am this older is, than you. I, that's true. <laughs> but uh, my, my wife, Lisa, is younger than me, and she loves soup. Oh. And this is actually... I'm sorry. This is probably very boring <laughs> for our listeners, but... I don't hate soup, but like I'm like soup. Well, I, I I don't get what the fucking big deal is. Okay, soup. You guys and your now, soup. Now we know. I don't know. <laughs> this is another hot take for the internet. <laughs> I don't dislike soup, but I don't love soup. Headlines read: I'm ambivalent on soup. Uh, dangerously soup ambivalent. <laughs> I'm just gonna try to find some of the instances of them. Yeah. So like Deathstroke saying. What in blazes is going on? Mm. And now I know some of it is when you try to make swear words not swear words, mm -hmm. you end up sounding kind of goofy. Yeah. But, like, it, and he also says, bah. I can't imagine anybody saying bah who is not an old man. Like, super old. Yeah. But, like, the, the Titans do, too. It doesn't seem like 1980 was that old-timey of a time. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it shouldn't. There's also, at one point, Robin says, All right, Titans, let's get them. But all right, there is a apostrophe inserted between the A-L and the R. And I was like, oh, shit, is he trying to speak alien? <laughs> oh, yeah, because the apostrophe's unnecessary. Yeah. I, and I don't know how you're supposed to pronounce it if it's a contraction of the words, all right, instead of all right. He's trying to say is if there's a difference. <laughs> yeah, is, is this like... We are seeing the birth of the word I, mm. uh, and it's Robin's invented it, but this is a prototype. He's not quite there yet, Yeah, but he's going to get to I, but he's already, <laughs> he's trying, he's trying hard. Oh man. Maybe he's trying to impress Starfire. Maybe. Although at that point she doesn't speak English yet because they haven't smooched it up. Well, maybe he's still, has, you know, thinks she's cute. And it's like if I speak with apostrophes, she sounds like she uses yeah. a lot of Yeah, I think spots. he's like trying to pick up her alien accent and just mm -hmm. be like, I know mostly you're talking in squiggle talk, but uh, it looks like your name is Coriander, but spelled with different apostrophes. So yeah, I'll just pepper some apostrophes in my speech. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm Robin. Robin. Yeah. <laughs> But I'd said earlier that, like, the plot of the story is carried through in a way that reinforces the characters' personalities. And it reminds me of, you know what sitcom I like? Cheers. Oh, it's yeah. It's a good show. It's a long run, too. Boy. One of the nice things about that show is the jokes are constructed in such a way that it's not a funny... Like, some of them are just funny jokes in and of themselves, but mostly they're character-based. So it's sure. not funny that Norm said... Like, what Norm says isn't funny mm -hmm. unless it's Norm that's saying it. Sure. There's some of that going on here. Like, when Starfire is just blasting away at the robots, mm -hmm. it's like, that is a very Starfire thing to do. Mm -hmm. And it's establishing her character is just like... She's both, like, a complete innocent and, like, stranger in a strange land type character, but also consumed by passions, whether they be, like, looks like it'd be fun to smooch this guy, I'm gonna. Mm -hmm. Or, as we've seen when she was fighting the farty little Godzilla men, kind of a battle lust. I will um, shoot everybody. Yeah, she's a creature of id. Mm -hmm. um, and that gets reinforced by the fact that she's blasting these robots away. 
Robin intervening when she is destroying all the robots and saying, no, there could be clues, mm -hmm. is just like, oh, that boy detective. Oh, yeah. Look at him go. Mm -hmm. That's nice. Consistent. Yeah. And I, I enjoyed that. Uh, everybody is presented very much as they are. The fact that they're hanging out at Gar's, like, spacious mansion, I think that kind of drives him. He somehow seems more lonely and desperate and pathetic in that regard than he had previously. And I think it's kind of building that as being his character mm. and playing up his insecurity by talking about how rich he is. Mm -hmm. I, I'm trying to think if there's any other examples of people who seem very deeply insecure who talk about how incredibly wealthy they are all the time. Like, in society, I just can't think of any right now. How about you? Nothing topical that has to do with anything going on at the moment, no. No, no. Hmm. Oh, well, it would be, it, it's, it's a shame because that is something that I would like to draw into like our crazy modern times. But, uh, one guy was green, one guy was orange. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think there's some really good character work done in here. And also Raven at the end, we talked about what a piece of crap Grant Wilson is. Mm -hmm. I know I'm kind of coming through, uh, pretty strongly on that point, but He's a real piece of crap. And when Deathstroke at the end says like, oh, I think I knew him pretty well. We were pretty much the same. It's like, don't sell yourself so short. Mm. <laughs> you seem pretty cool, you know, for a hitman for hire. Mm -hmm. it, it, um, was, it was a little bit flimsy, though, like the setup for like, this is why Deathstroke hates the Titans. And, and not, you'd think him being the smart guy he is, he would be like, fuck high if like, I need to yeah. kind of destroy them. It's totally their fault that my kid is dead. Yeah. It's also we find out that the source of his powers is that he uses 90% of his brain instead of the 10% of his brain that most people use. And that's not a real thing. But if you use 100, then you'll just burn yourself out. Yep. But that whole using percentages of your brain thing. I had heard that for years, and I always believed that to be true, and had formulated my own theory uh, justifying consuming alcohol based on that. Kills the weak brain cells? Yeah, it's a cellular Darwinism. It picks off the sick and the weak members of the herd, and so if you only use 10% of your brain, don't you want it to be the strongest 10%? So the alcohol acts as a predator, picks off the sick and the weak, leaves you with a strong, healthy, unified mind. But? But it turns out that's bullshit. That's not the way the brain works. It's... Like, I think maybe we've mapped a small percentage of the brain's functions, but that doesn't mean we're not using it. I read or heard on the radio that if the part of your brain that normally does something important gets damaged, another part that doesn't normally do that can take over and learn how to do what the old part did. Yeah, no, that can happen, and that's like when the guy got the railroad spike uh, rammed through his head. <laughs> the railroad spike? Um, yes. It sounds awful. Whatever yeah. it is. Um, well, okay. I had heard that it was a railroad spike. That got rammed through his head. But what it was actually was he was blasting for it with gunpowder. And the tamping rod blew clean through his head. Um, and he was able to regain almost full function. It was like in olden times. Uh, and he had this crazy relationship with the doctor who did it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a crazy time, man. He's a regular death stroke. Kinda. But my, my, my point is, like, the whole, he can use 90% of his brain. I didn't that, realize that's that had, flimsy. I didn't realize that had been disproven. I had always heard that as a kid and thought, how cool would it be? And they keep doing things with it in pop culture. Like, there was that mm. Limitless movie that was based on that premise. There was another one with a, a lady who got the full use of her brain, and then she got crazy superpowers. 
It was just a, a movie that was just like a lady's name. It wasn't Hannah, but it came out around the same time. Uh, Do you remember? Yeah, I don't know. I, it, mm-hmm. Listeners, you probably know what I'm talking about. Just, you don't have to tell me what it is. Just plug that information into your brain, and that's d- that. D- the 10% you're using. Yeah, the 10% of your brain that you're using. I'm going to go make that 10% of my brain a little smarter. Thanks, Podcast Juice. Cheers. Mm. But what I was starting to say many digressions ago (laughs) about Raven Ah. is that it really cracked me up at the end when Grant is dying because he tried to use his power too much Mm -hmm. and he burned out his brain Mm -hmm. and then it made him super old all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. Like... Snuck a peek at the Ark of the Covenant, old. Yeah. Raven does a very nice thing, but that is also kind of fucked up. She's like, oh, I want him to go peacefully into the next world. I'll send him a happy thought that he has successfully murdered us all. I flipped back and read that twice because I was like, that's weird. I don't understand what's happening. And I was like, oh, yeah, no, she's just showing him. No, she's just like, she just wants him happy. So, you know. It's like, oh, no, it's okay. Like, there's compassion, and then there's like, no, you're a good little murder boy. Mm-hmm. You're a real good murderer, and you murdered us all real good, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Didn't you? Throughout this story, nobody treats Grant like a grown-up. Nope. Because Grant isn't a grown-up. And I fucking loved when he started to get all, like, grabby on Carol mm-hmm. and was like, no, you can't leave me. It's like, oh, I bet this isn't the first time their relationship has seen that shit. And Starfire just bursts into the other room and starts firing Starballs. She just zaps him. Yeah. I was like, fuck yeah. Good for her. I really like Starfire. Me too. There's that weird scene by the pool where they're, uh, even before they're by the pool, when they're, him, her and Donna are getting dressed. Mm-hmm. And Donna is trying to explain to her that she has to wear a bikini. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, why am I doing this? This doesn't offer me any protection. And it's like, okay. I understand the idea of Swimmer being an alien concept, literally, to her, mm-hmm. her being from another planet. But it does seem to be completely discounting the fact that she regularly flies around in a bikini. Mm-hmm. Well, because for swimming, she's like, they probably skinny dip where she's from. Okay, but... Why not just fly around naked? Yeah, why isn't she flying around naked? That thing's not offering her a ton of protection. Maybe it's got some special properties. Like force fields and shit? Yeah. Maybe. I mean, there is another nice moment where they all talk about their secret identities and to what level they have secret identities. Or if they should even continue to have them. Yeah. Well, Garfield doesn't think that they should, uh, Beast Boy, because it's really weird for me that that, uh, Beast Boy's name is Garfield, because every time I say it out loud, I think of the other Garfield. Just wants lasagna. (laughs) Yeah, just wants lasagna, hates Mondays. (laughs) But... The Garfield, who I gotta believe is probably indifferent towards Monday, seeing as he's a rich kid. Super rich. Yeah. He's like, well, I don't get why you guys bother having secret identities. They're lame. Everybody should know how great you are. And we talked about this before. His uniform, like his superhero uniform is his crew member uniform from the Star Trek ripoff that he stars in. Is it Space Quest 2020? I don't remember, but I know what you mean. Yeah. So... Oh, and he has green skin. And so, yeah, of course he doesn't think you need a secret identity. And then the Flash on the very opposite end of the spectrum is just like, no, I, I need one. I'm just a button-down boring kid who wants, to protect, his wants to protect his privacy and my parents. He's a, he's a 
he's a very boring kid in these. And that's not like the, the Wally that I remember. Like the fun loving, like wants to go see the flips play Wally from the old Teen Titans. Mm-hmm. I kind of miss that Wally a little bit. He's matured straight into boring middle age. Yeah. I would think that that Wally would have been, uh, well, we'll get to that. Robin? 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 <laughs> okay, we can get to that. Is that what you're saying? What I you're was totally get? thinking of, yeah, when Starfire and Robin, or well, like when Starfire just grabs Robin and starts smooching him because she thinks it would be fun, which I love that about her. I, I, I like, I really like Starfire. I think she's great. But yeah, when she's doing that, Kid Flash just, you see him barely in the panel and going, Robin? Robin, Robin, hands around his hips too. He's just, just like, like, "What is going this on? This is not okay. I am not okay with this." Teenagers smooching, inappropriate. Ah. <laughs> he comes very much on the other end of the secret identity thing, and then you have Wonder Girl, who's kind of in the middle of it, who's just like, "Yeah, I don't wear a mask or anything, but nobody's ever been able to figure out that I'm Wonder Girl." I know. I guess that's kind of weird. I'm like. So you're not going to explain why that is at all? Mm-hmm. Yes, that is really weird. We had always wondered that. Yeah, it, it doesn't make any sense. And she doesn't really seem to question it at all. Mm-hmm. It's just like, yeah, it's always been cool. And then later when they're fighting Deathstroke and Ravager, as Grant Wilson would like himself to be called, Starfire calls her Donna and she's like, we're in public. It's Wonder Girl. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, okay. That's as far as you go? I feel like even that, that would be drawing more attention to it than anything else. Mm-hmm. Like, just let it go, and then maybe afterwards be like, hey, Starfire, Ixnay on the Ana day. Mm-hmm. Um, that means Nick's on the Donna. I was speaking Pig Latin. Yeah, Starfire doesn't know Pig Latin. No, she would have to smooch somebody else to learn Pig Latin. That she would. <laughs> <laughs> maybe she could smooch Beast Boy then, because he's such a chauvinist pig. <laughs> Burn! Well, he already offered her... Uh... Yeah, language. Do you think he actually speaks all those languages? Nope. But I think he's just trying to try, trying to get. He's some not rich and real bright. No, and he even thinks I'm. Not, nobody's ever accused me of being very bright. Mm-hmm. I feel like that level of self awareness probably means you are a little bit smart. I don't think dumb people think they're dumb. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, I really had to almost physically restrain myself from making a mean joke at your expense, Court. <laughs> Thank you for not doing that. <laughs> I'm sorry. It was real. I was. I was really just like, I don't know, Corey. Do you? Ah. But yeah, you're. You're not. You're a very smart man. <laughs> uh, thanks. Yeah. No problems. Nobody's ever <laughs> accused me of being dumb. <laughs> Good deal. I had hoped that Hive was going to be a cool acronym. Oh, it's the dumbest acronym. Is it? It sounds almost governmental, but I'm guessing that's not... A it also seems like around. maybe Marv Wolfman is using words he doesn't fully understand. Mm-hmm. Because hierarchy doesn't fit with anything that we know about Hive right then. And it makes me think of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need food, love, killing. Wait, food, shelter, <laughs> killing. Which one? How does it go? <laughs> uh, I think that's the order. Okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think, do you think that's how I've formed through a fundamental <laughs> misunderstanding of Maslow's hierarchy of needs? It's killing. Wait, no, it's vengeance. <laughs> it's eliminations. It's, uh, how does it go? Uh, it, yeah. So, yeah, it's hierarchy of international vengeance and eliminations. Sounds very, like, governmental. Kind of. And like a, like a... It really like a sounds like they wanted to be called Hive and then thought... 
oh, that should stand for something later. They already and came also, up with the design with like all the like the beehive looking right hexa- hexagonal motif. Right, yeah. right. And then they're like, oh, geez, we really should have put more work. Ah, uh, ah. Uh, what are the what are the first big words that sound impressive that start with these letters that we can think of? Mm-hmm. Discounting the fact that the first one sounds like Maslov and the last one sounds like poop. Because <laughs> when you end it with eliminations, mm-hmm. I know they mean that to sound menacing, but it sounds like poops. Yeah. One of my favorite moments point. that I that I have uh, ever had drinking too much at a karaoke bar. And as you know, I have had many of those That's moments. a lot. Have both bartended and run the karaoke at karaoke bars in the past. But this was for a work party. And myself and one of my coworkers were very, very drunk. And she said something along the lines, and it was exactly this vague, as, it's like, um, 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 hub, what's the, the thing where it's a list of, and I was like, Maslow's hierarchy of needs? And she was like, yes! <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. We are that special kind of drunk. <laughs> That's, yeah, you're communicating telepathically almost. Mm-hmm. Spooky. Mm-hmm. Scary. Well, it was like that one time you had a shoehorn in your pocket when somebody needed one. That was a wonderful moment. That's for, also pretty weird. Yeah. For like two years, I carried a shoehorn around in my pocket for really no reason. I didn't... I think I was mostly wearing sandals at the time, which... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I know. But, yeah, I was wearing... I, actually, at the time, no. I was wearing mostly Converse All-Stars. Either way, Which, these are both shoes also, that you do not need a shoehorn for. Yes. But I liked carrying one around with me, and it was with the idea that someday somebody's going to need this shoehorn. And I was on the street, and a stranger asked if I had a shoehorn, and I did, so I gave it to them, and I was like, and you can keep it. It's done its job. It clearly belongs with you. But, yeah, it felt so, so right. Yeah, that's random. Mm-hmm. Nearly perhaps as random as the choice of words that they used to comprise the acronym Hive. Ooh, to bring it home. Nice. Boom. Bam. That's how we do things uptown. So I had one other observation about one of my favorite new characters, and that's um, Cyborg. Yeah. And there's a part after Donna throws her back out, stopping a Mack truck. Yes, I noticed this too. Yeah. The the whole scene was kind of funny, but like... And for some reason, it was funny to me that Wonder Girl hurt her back. I mean, mm-hmm. totally realistic, but also another moment where I was just like, these are not teenagers. <laughs> I know, right? That's like a total old person superhero. Yeah. Thing, dude. And then, so he's giving her a, a back massage and she's like, ooh, that's really good. Are you into medicine? It's <laughs> like, that's a weird. It is a weird thing, but that's phrase. another thing that I was talking about with like establishing character is I like that it's not a throwaway thing that he was a former athlete and it's not treating it like athletes are inherently dumb Mm -hmm. or haven't dedicated their lives to this pursuit and that like yeah he would know some sports medicine shit he Mm -hmm. would know massage like he knows how to take care of a body and i was like that's great yep i also found myself wondering because the previous scenes showed him using his winch hand attachment (laughs) i love the winch hand attachment and i had previously said that it was not like dr Kwan in the kentucky fried movie where he has interchangeable hands that he takes off and then puts on i stand corrected he hangs clearly he hangs his his regular hand from his utility belt yeah he he is i i thought it was a like Transformers, where it's like, bloop, but no, he just has a bunch of different attachments. <laughs> bloop. Yeah. <laughs> bloop. 
Wait, you've never seen Transformers? It's all a blur. I, I love What's that, and I love that he just carries around a bunch of different hand attachments that he thinks he might need, yeah. given various situations. And I love the idea of his dad continually trying to win his love by building him new hand attachments. Yeah, good luck with that. Yeah. doesn't We find out his dad's dying, too. Mm-hmm. That's a bummer. Yeah. And he hasn't even told his son, who kinda... is perpetually mad at him. And, man... I know my parents have never encased me in a robot body against my will, which, you know, good on you guys. No, we've had our issues in the past. <laughs> this one kind of no listen. <laughs> but I'm getting a little bit tired of Cyborg. Just like he has perhaps legitimate reasons to be upset with his father. We have not heard them yet, but we have heard him be very unfair about his father and say things like, Oh, you tried to do this, and this time it worked for a change, unlike all your other inventions. It's like, um, you essentially are one of his inventions, and you work super good. Mm -hmm. As do all of your hand attachments, Mm -hmm. including the fucking winch, which I love that it's a winch. Yep. And then when his dad's working on trying to find clues about the robot that it turned out Starfire didn't completely destroy because mm-hmm. Cyborg was able to rescue it with his wind charm. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm really sorry, man, but I can't find any more clues. He's like, oh, I'm sure you're all broken up about it. I know. It's like, dude. He's really hard on the old man. He really is. Yep. I yeah. hope they explain that all soon and it comes to a closure before. I hope there's yeah, something nice. a little bit more satisfying than just like, well, we wanted to make him an angry young man and he's mad that he's a robot, so he's mad that his dad saved his life. I hope there's... I, I, at this point, almost hope that his dad just did decide to go ahead and fucking... It's like, hey, I was born one day, so I put you in a robot body. Deal with it. Yeah. Sorry, what, you don't like this? I thought you'd like it. No? You were saying you wanted to jump higher. <laughs> this, is, this is how I make you jump higher. Mm-hmm. Fucking kids. Ingrates. One and all. <sighs> and one of the other things that we see for the first time is... Raven going to a weird different dimension and yelling at a star-faced giant being saying, I'm sorry. We don't know what she's sorry about. Mm. And being nearly smote for her efforts. Mm -hmm. So it's weird because this issue went by, I think, pretty fast. It was a pretty fast read, it seemed like. Mm -hmm. A ton of stuff happened. Mm -hmm. And it didn't really seem Mm over-crammed. Like, it, it seemed to actually develop pretty organically, but we have established a few new things. We now have this character, Deathstroke, who, a little bit ham-handed, but now he hates the Titans. And we've set these seeds for other things. I kind of wish I hadn't seen his portrayal on the Arrow show. Well, and he's going to be the new bad guy in the new Ben Affleck Batman movie. Mm. The actor they had playing wasn't bad. Does the Australian dude? Yeah, he was on that Spartacus show. I did not see the Spartacus show. Is it a good show? Yeah. yeah, that's what I heard. Yeah. I just kept picturing him hearing this weird Australian accent. I was like, that's yeah. not the way this is supposed like to be. The weird husky Australian. Yeah. That wasn't Australian at all. I don't know what that was. Australian. <laughs> that was like what red. accent is that? It's, like, it's one I'm making up. And uh, now it's Scottish a bit. Now it's totally Scottish. I don't know how to go back. He started off with a little Macho Man Randy Savage in there, too. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I love Macho Man Randy Savage so much. Uh, Speaking from the heart. 
Anyway, was there anything else you wanted to bring up about the issue? Or are you ready to get into the minutiae? I think the rest will come out in the minutiae. Okay, and would you mind singing the minutiae theme song <clears> for us? I do. Do your best. Minutiae! Oh, that's a new song I like. Is it? Yeah. Fuck, I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> you oh, have before. So, one of the new categories we are introducing is, what was this issue's show-and-tell moment? Mm. This issue's, for me, show-and-tell moment is when... Ravager, it was, his name was Ravager, was mm-hmm. it? Yeah, um, Grant Wilson. Oh, grabs his ears and says, That awful sound! <laughs> what is it doing to my ears? Or something like that. You, uh, you kind of didn't need the words to go a lot, him to say that because you see him like going, Ah! and holding his ears. That's the thing. All right. Mine was on page seven, and it's when Wonder Girl is about to throw her back out fighting a truck. And the caption reads, Her name is Wonder Girl. And it is with astonishing ease that the agile young Amazon somersaults down before the final truck. And then you see her somersaulting down in front of the truck. Mm. There is actually some nice caption work in the following ones, which do make it seem a little bit. He's like, "Uh, I actually just want to get this prose out of the way and this sets it up. Mm -hmm. But then it is as she is destroying the truck. The driver seems to snicker at the lovely teenager as his foot presses harder to the gas pedal. And for a moment, the truck lurches forward only to find itself abruptly halted in its path. And then she, yeah, abruptly crashes the truck. Oh, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. So all of that is, I mean, it is redundant, but it is also very flowery speech that is uh, very lovingly crafted. And mm-hmm. and so, well, I, I feel like the first part is just like overly descriptive narrative of her somersaulting in front of the truck as you see her somersaulting in front of the truck. I do kind of like how it ties all together. I think you touch on a good point too, which is I get the sense that, that Wolfman really genuinely has an affection for these characters yeah. that he's created. And that's, that's kind of nice to see that. Yeah. What was your favorite sound effect? Oh. There were so many to choose from. There were so many to choose from. I have three choices. Okay. And they all appealed to me because they sounded funny. Okay. Uh, the first one is on page six, which is when a truck has been thrown into the water and <gasps> it makes a giant sploosh. <laughs> sploosh is a good noise. Uh, I'm going to let you go another one because I only have the one. That, oh. Like, there were a lot that I noted, but this one just, like, totally cracked me up, so... I wonder if this will be it. On page two, this one cracked me up because it reminded me of... It could be the name of a ska band, and it was Ska-Blam! Ah! No, we've we've had a Ska-Blam before, I think, in the past. That 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 is a good one. My favorite was Kid Flash beating up a bunch of, I believe, robots? Mm-hmm. Um, and as he is running... That in succession, it makes these three noises. This is what being hit at super speed sounds like. Crack. Boof. Splack. <laughs> I'm sorry. Crock. Boof. Spack. That's funny because my third choice was indeed boof. Oh. Was it from the same one? Was that page six? Let's I think take that, a look. Yeah, I think that was Kid Flash beating yeah. up some robots. Yeah, but man, like, there's a lot of them. Like, we've got the scrack noises that Starfire's Starbolts make. Mm-hmm. I like that they named them Starbolts. I think that's a good name. Yeah, it, it's Croc Boof Spack. Mm-hmm. And it is indeed. Yep, that's the one. But yeah, we get Screak is her Starbolts. Scrook. <laughs> yeah, there's just some Crackoom. There's a lot of sound effects in this one, and they're all pretty great. I agree. All right. So, what was your favorite zinger? That was tough. What I wanted to do was find which instance 
that Cyborg referred to Robin as Batboy in and find the funniest one, but I, I couldn't really You couldn't choose. How could, how could you choose? There were so many. They're, they're also, you know, like your babies. You loved them all. You loved them all equally. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to go with when Wonder Girl, uh, Gar is talking about it's, it's dangerous out here to be a monkey because his tail almost got run over. And then she's like, you should go to the zoo because then the only thing you'd have to worry about is kids shooting rubber bands at you. Is and that what she meant by that? Because I was trying to figure out, like... No, because the way that she also she says it She phrased it so weird. Yeah, it actually didn't really make any sense, but I just, I like the fact that she told She him, told him that if you're a monkey, zoo. go to a zoo. Yeah. I bet he does. Zing. Yeah, like electrified rubber bands or... I couldn't figure out. She says it was she really says, weird. Then maybe you ought to hide out in the zoo, Gar. Mm. The only thing you'd have to worry about there are kids with hot-wired rubber bands. What the fuck does that even mean? Um, yeah, I don't know what that means. Like, does that mean they didn't have keys to the rubber bands, so they, they had to steal them? <laughs> they had to steal them by putting wires together in them? That, that's all I know from Hot Wired. Like, that's Maybe how you steal a car. Some, like, back in the day, somehow kids used rubber bands to sneak into zoos. That doesn't make any sense. No, I think you're <laughs> absolutely right. Back in the day, kids used to use rubber bands to sneak into zoos. They called it hot wiring. They called it hot wiring <laughs> some rubber bands. And they would try to steal monkeys. <sighs> yeah, look out, Gar. <laughs> Nowhere is safe. I was tempted to go with one of the bozos or when... I think Deathstroke calls people a bunch of turkeys, too, which it's just such old man talk. I do, I, that's actually one of my favorite epithets. I love it when, when somebody calls somebody else you a turkey. You turkeys. Yeah. yeah. But I decided to go with, and once again, there's something about the way that Robin belittles Grant Wilson that just delights me. Mm. And it's when Grant Wilson is all in his Ravager gear, he's all amped up to 11 he's ready to kill the titans and he shows up at their house and it's like i fucking hate you you wrecked my apartment <laughs> that's probably exactly what he sounds like yeah i think you're right <laughs> and uh and robin goes cut the kid stuff grant go home before you get hurt <laughs> damn i it's so belittling mm. really gives him the hi-hat yep and uh yeah I'm, I'm i'm all in on that shit yeah so that, that was my favorite singer what was your favorite panel uh, you actually touched on it earlier, and it's a little tiny panel on page 15. Okay. And my notes are Krakoom. And it's uh, the one where there's an explosion and Cyborg is kind of being like hurled backwards, and his body is superimposed over these really stylized sound. Uh huh. The letters that are spelling out the sound. There's. Super dynamic. There are a few to choose from. Most of mine involved Cyborg in this one. There's some weird shit going on with the way he's drawn in this, where. Everything he says, it's like, it's almost like a Jack Kirby style thing where he will appear in panels and will just be like striking a heroic pose and like you can like almost see energy crackling off of him. And sometimes it's appropriate to what's going on, but sometimes it isn't quite. He's just an intense dude. Yeah, but like, yeah, he hasn't, he, he is portrayed as being so intense in all of them. But my favorite is one of the few where he isn't, and it is the one where we talked about it earlier, but he's got his hand clipped onto his belt. He's using a winch on one arm and is raising a guy out of the the river and it, it's everything about it is just great yeah there there were a bunch to choose from but that one seeing his hand hanging from his belt mm -hmm. just did it for me very, i was like that's that's terrific very utilitarian mm -hmm. i i did have a runner-up what was your runner-up and it's on page seven i titled it flying robot and it's after 
Donna stops the the semi truck, and the robot driver gets hurled out the window. Uh -huh. He's just flying like completely like parallel to the ground in a straight line towards the wall, and he knows he's going to hit the wall, and it has these little like thought exclamations coming off of his head. That is another weird thing, though, about which I hadn't even caught until you said that. Yeah, you're right. It's a robot flying through and hitting the wall. He's like, "Oh shit, I'm gonna break my neck." Yeah, but you don't know he's a robot at the time, and then does did these get? Did these robots know that they're robots? I don't know. What like because also that kind of belies the captioning work that Wolfman did, where it's like he may snicker as this happens. Mm -hmm. It's like, dude, you're supposed to be an omniscient narrator. You know that guy's a robot, mm -hmm. and it's not like it's a huge reveal because it's. I believe we've already found out that they're robots at this point. Yep. That's weird. The driver definitely doesn't snicker, unless, like, these are robots that are programmed to feel derision. That would be a terrible first emotion to program robots to feel. Ugh. What, okay, if you were programming robots, mm -hmm. and you decided to implant emotion chips in them. Okay. Which, okay, Corey, don't do that. Too, Too dangerous. Late. Corey! <laughs> oh! You're back at the space factory, don't worry. Don't okay, worry. okay. What would be the first emotion you would program a robot to feel? Oh, man. Um, maybe, like, uh, that... How do you put the, the name of that emotion? Like, when you do something that's altruistic without thinking about it, and then you feel good afterwards. Uh, you know that feeling? Like, happy? Yeah. I'd program happiness <laughs> into them. You don't want a bunch oh. of jerks walking around. Yeah. But, no, like, that's... specifically tied to, like, if I... I'm in a big hurry, but I, I stop and I, I let the person cross the street in front of me or I let them merge into traffic or whatever, and then they give me a nice wave. And I'm like, oh, I'm just, I feel good now. Oh, okay. You know, uh, smug? No. <laughs> it's not smug. I know it's not. No. I, I that, that That's a very good answer. Thank you. Yeah. What would you choose? Hungry. Hungry for human blood. That's awful. Yeah, I guess I didn't really think that through. And also, I mean, what is the robot going to do with the blood? I don't know. They can't really eat. They could use it to lubricate their robot parts. That doesn't seem like it would... It's probably not the best. Blood's pretty sticky. Yeah, you gotta go back to the drawing table. Yeah, why do robots want to kill us all? Just probably talk to yourself. Get the answer. Hmm. I don't know, man. Yeah, me either. Good thing you're not in charge of the robot. Yet. So, this brings us to every issue has its Aqualad, the best Teen Titan. But it also has its Speedy, the worst Teen Titan. For this issue, who was your Aqualad? My Aqualad this issue was, and I don't think it'll surprise anybody after the tone of the preceding conversation we had, is uh, Starfire. Yeah. She shoots the hell out of a bunch of bad guys. She wants to learn English and decides to do it by kissing Robin because that would be fun for her. Uh -huh. and she instantly learns the language and just all around pretty badass. It's a solid choice. And yeah, I, I gotta say, it, 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 it's my choice too. She, there, there's some really nice, nice character development that goes on with Starfire in this issue and I really enjoyed it. Who was your speedy this issue? For this issue, I picked uh, Raven because she's... Is it because of the... It really made me uncomfortable that she went at Grant at the very end and... Kind of two things. Like, that okay. was was a, the deciding factor. The, that's the main thing. Like, I just picture her going to death row and, like, just be like, oh, I, I'm so empathetic. I should come for this, these serial killers by showing them images of slaughtered puppies and shit. I'm like, no, yeah, you no. shouldn't do that. Yeah, I didn't like that. And then also just in terms of, like, the efficacy of the character 
to help move the mission forward or whatever. It seems like she's gone most of the issue. She goes some other dimension. She only gets shot at and falls off a big rock. And, yeah, she and, pulls the Silver Surfer and, and uh, plummets to like, the earth like a like a bird. goddamn bird. What kind? Of, an osprey. Yeah, <laughs> it just says like a bird in this one, but like I, I think it's it's probably it's like canonically an like an osprey. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty much canon at this point. And then shows up at Wally's house and was like, "Oh, I shouldn't be here." She's like, "What's going on?" She's like, "No, I've told you too much. I, yeah, I'm totally vague. It's so vague." <sighs> Very frustrating. Hmm. I bet she put, like, posts on Facebook and just be like, well, I guess I'll never do that again. Yeah. Or just like, like, what the hell? Yeah. Yeah. Or like, what yeah. The, what Stop the... vague booking, Raven. Yeah. I don't care for it. I don't care for it at all. Was that your choice as well? Or That's you... why Raven is my speedy this issue as well. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Probably posting vague messages on Facebook. <laughs> Vague, melodramatic messages on Facebook. Mm -hmm. And comforting serial killers on death row, mm -hmm. I'm assuming, given her actions in this issue. Did you uh, have any fashion commentary, or are we going to... I noticed uh, sartorially that... Sartorially speaking. Yeah, no, sartorially speaking, I think George Perez just likes drawing ascots. Yeah. <laughs> because we see Deathstroke. Deathstroke, out of costume, looks good. Pretty dapper dude. And Deathstroke in costume... I like that fucking costume. Mm -hmm. That is a rad costume. It, it's some of the first, like, I, I I mean, he's introduced Cyborg and Raven and Starfire. And, and really solid character design work on those guys. But in terms of, like, costume stuff, Deathstroke's looking good. Yep, that's what I had. Yeah, in and out of costume. And we get another ascot. I re Like I said, I really think Perez likes drawing ascots. I would like to see him do... Or I would like to see anybody do this. You're a pretty good artist, Corey. I would like to see you do this if you can. I don't know how your ascot work is. But I would like to see a little rusty. all of the new Teen Titans costumes redesigned to incorporate ascots. <laughs> or cravats, depending which you think would be a better fit with that character. We should ask Jason, my cousin, to do that. He's, oh, totally. He's really good. Jason, you're probably listening. Who wouldn't listen to us? Yeah, man. Let's, let's put some ascots on these Titans. Really spiff them up. Yeah. Get them ready for the big show. Indeed. Well, thank you so much for listening. This has been a real treat talking to you about some new Teen Titans. We will be back next week. We will be discussing Marvel feature number three featuring the Defenders. Anyway, if you would like to contact us, you can do so by reaching us at ttwasteland at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. You can also find our Facebook page at Tighten Up the Defense. That's T-I-T-A-N. And you can find us on Twitter at ttwasteland underscore. Yeah, we love hearing from you. It, it's been really fun with the the reboot of the show, and we've we've had some great messages from you guys, and I look forward to hearing more from you, and I'll respond as quickly as I can. As I said, we'll be back next week with the Defenders, and I'm really excited about that, too. These Both of these comic book series, I think, are shaping up very, very nicely. So, thank you, and good night, Moon. Scott Blam! Wonder Woman and the Baron. The Chocolate Baron, a crook whose love of chocolatey goodness has led him to monopolize everything chocolate he can control. Robot plane, circle the island until I need you. Soon I'll control everything that's chocolatey. 
and the great taste will be mine, all mine! By Hera, I plan to stop your nefarious enterprise, and your bullets won't stop me. I came prepared. Pa-ding, pa-ding. Wonder Woman herself, get her, boys! Throwing of chocolate cupcakes. Throwing of chocolate cupcakes. <laughs> Hostess cupcakes. Oh, so chocolatey, chocolatey cake, chocolatey <laughs> icing. You and your henchmen were easily taken, Baron. Taken with the chocolatey taste of Hostess cupcakes. Your magic lasso <laughs> compels me to speak the truth. <laughs> You get a big delight in every bite of Hostess Cupcakes. He didn't say that like the Baron. Oh, should I? Yeah. You get a big delight in every bite of Hostess Cupcakes. That's a good Baron voice, man. It fluctuated. It, it, once again, the Scottish keeps trying to sneak into my other accent. It's a powerful accent. Yeah, most powerful one we've got. I... Fuck. <laughs>